You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we'll get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Amy Bolter is on this week's episode to tell us about her journey to reclaim her health via the bicycle. Several years back, Amy experienced a tough journey to have a baby. Once her daughter was born, she fought some unexplained health issues that doctors really couldn't give her answers for a quick fix. Add to this the pandemic and some mental health issues along with postpartum depression Amy didn't like the way things were going, so she decided to reclaim her life and take control of her own health. It started with the purchase of a Peloton and five-minute bike rides, which soon turned into longer and longer rides. She also made the decision to become sober, and cycling really supported this. Today, Amy is working out daily, has event goals on the horizon, and seeing how far she has come makes her keep moving forward. So here's Amy. All right, listeners, I would like to introduce you to Amy Bolter. Hey, Amy. Hey, how are you? Good. It's so nice to have you on the podcast. I have been reading up on you and um, thought, man, you would be a great person to be on the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here and just chat with you today. Excellent. Well, if uh, anyone out there does not know Amy Bolter, um, Amy was featured in Bicycling Magazine not too long ago with a great article on how cycling changed you. I don't know if you want to actually say your life, but uh, literally changed you. So I want to get into that with both, um, you know, maybe mental health, physical health, sobriety, all kinds of um, different facets into, you know, the word health and the word um, changing you. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a really incredible journey. And like you said, it, it just changed me in a number of ways. Um, mental health, mindset, physically um it helped me with my sobriety early on and supports it even today so i'm really glad to share all of that with you oh excellent well before we get into your story can you tell the listeners a little bit about you uh, maybe where you live and what the cycling culture is like there yeah so i actually am from just outside of minneapolis minnesota and when you hear that, you probably think that's not a very bikeable place. It's pretty cold. It's pretty snowy. <laughs> yeah. But we actually have a really high cycling population here and a lot of trails. There are a lot of people that ride bikes year round. So it's really built in here. And there's all types of cycling, trail cycling and mountain biking, um, you name it. And you'll probably find it here um, in the Minneapolis area and around Minnesota. Excellent. I, I've biked in Minnesota many, many times, but it's been mostly like on the Root River Trail or a little bit more, um, what is the one called? Paul Bunyan Trail. So like more remote areas. But I, just like you mentioned, I have heard so many times that the trail system in the Twin Cities area is spectacular. 
Yeah, it's incredible. I actually live um, seven houses off of a trail system. Nice. Um, and it leads into some larger parks where you can do some bigger loops. And people who train for triathlons, Ironmen, things like that are out there all the time year round. Wow. I mean, not that you would need an excuse, but when you're seven houses away from a trail, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. You just can't beat it. I mean, uh-huh. like you said, not that you'd need an excuse because it's something you love, but when you're that close, it really helps just build that habit and also push you to get out there um, and get your rides in and just enjoy it too. For sure. Yeah. And when you look at, you know, I know you're going to tell us your story on how you got started into cycling, but what sort of cycling do you do right now? And what I mean by that is, are you mostly, you know, mountain biking on single track and doing sweet jumps or are you more gravel or maybe you're indoor cycling? No, I, so I am mostly, um, just coming out of winter, I am mostly indoor cycling. I do have a Peloton, um, and I do love my Peloton. I also, um, the trail right near me is a gravel trail, and Mm. it does lead to a park where there is some awesome mountain bike, like, beginner courses, Mm -hmm. but that, I've done that in a few races, but that is not my, my sweet spot or my passion or my love by any means. It's more of those long rides, those endurance, Mm kind of gritty digging type of rides. Yeah, I know in the last... I don't know, maybe five years, my style of cycling has changed dramatically from road to more like what you just described, a little bit longer distance, more, you know, getting dirty a little bit more. And um, I think it's maybe because of my fear of distracted drivers. I don't know that I can really pinpoint it because most of the people I bike with are also the same in that they like, you know, gravel or being away from traffic. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, on these trail systems too, they're paved, but they go through these quiet nature areas. And so when you're doing some of that road biking, you, you do get into that, but especially living in a suburb and right outside the city, you're not seeing like the beautiful scenery and the, you know, rolling meadows and the deer that are off in the field. Yeah. Like I love all that. I love getting to see all of those pieces when I'm out riding. Yeah, and just being able to, you know, disconnect a little bit from the hubbub. Yeah, absolutely. We're plugged in so often. It's nice to break away and get that time for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Amy, so let's get a little bit into, you know, when I saw that Bicycling Magazine article, uh, I was very intrigued because I thought, wow, this woman has been through an awful lot in recent years. Um, You know, then the excitement of having a baby and then you had other health issues. So do you want to, you know, maybe get into a little bit about some of the health issues that you have battled and maybe are overcoming or have overcome in recent years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll kind of just walk it back a little bit. Sure. Um, so I had a tough road, tough journey to have my daughter and that led to the discovery of some health issues, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome and things like that. But also it really brought out a lot of um, mental health challenges for me, depression Mm. and anxiety and things that really crippled my life from where I had been prior to that. And, um, you know, we finally had, we, we finally got pregnant and we had our daughter and um, I just wasn't really shaking 
those pieces off. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, about a year, I think she was about a year old. I started having really just, just lots of health issues and they weren't really explained. Like, um, just a lot of digestive stuff and kind of reflux, but it wasn't acid reflux. And I saw every doctor and tons of gastrointestinal specialists and, um, wasn't getting answers. And I thought, you know, I have to take control of my health. I have a young child. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really have to turn this around. So when I didn't find answers there, I thought, you know, what can I control? I actually, um, had a bit of a wake up. I saw a preventative cardiologist and all this for high blood pressure. And she said, you need to make some changes with your diet and you need to be exercising. And I, I thought, okay, what, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really where everything began for me. And today, um, you know, through reclaiming my health and pulling it in, I obviously have PCOS for life, but I have it really controlled mm-hmm. and, um, all my other issues, all my other health issues have really cleared up wow. and I, I am, you know, probably the healthiest, I feel the healthiest I've been in my entire life. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And can you, um, you know, pinpoint maybe isn't the right word, but think back, right? So you have a very small child. We'll just say she's a baby still because she was tiny um, that you're, you know, trying to figure out motherhood for the first time. You're facing a lot of mental health issues as far as, you know, depression and anxiety, like you mentioned. And then on top of it, you've got like physical health issues and you go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't really know what's wrong with you. Like, how did you like, okay, I understand that you're like, all right, I'm going to start getting healthy on my own. Do you remember a time when you actually stopped thinking about it and started doing it? Cause that seems incredibly difficult. Yeah. I, so I didn't, I had been in the gym. I had always worked out prior to all this and I, I couldn't really get back to those things with having a little baby mm-hmm. and she's home with me a lot Um, and I was actually starting a new job during this time. So I talked to my husband and at this time, this is like the height of the pandemic and everyone posting about their Pelotons. And I was like, Hey, I think I need one of these bikes. And my husband was like, that's a huge investment. Um, you know, I've never seen you really bike. Like what, (laughs) what do you mean you need this? So on on a statements from him, right? Yeah, 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 in in concern, right? Like, right. okay, we're gonna spend all this money, and you're not gonna use it. So he said, "Look, we can get it. There's a 30 day trial. In 30 days, you have to ride it 25 times." Ooh. And I was like, "I'm gonna prove him wrong." And <laughs> I got the bike, and you know, I I just I I decided I was gonna prove him wrong. I rode it 28 times in 30 days. Wow! And what I loved about it is. I could do a ride anywhere from, you know, a five minute warm up ride to really my max at that point was a 20 minute ride. But I knew I, from, for my health at that time, I was getting a good workout. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, and then I just developed this mindset. It's in my office. It's in my house. I can get on this thing. Right, like yeah. I don't have, there's, there's no reason not to. So whether I do five minutes or 20 minutes, I'm always going to have that in my day somewhere. 
I'm just going to do it. And it really, it started as like proving him wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So it worked. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did. Um, Wow. You know, and that, that just built and built because then it became fun. And, um, you know, there's different instructors and people and and you kind of like what they have to say. And they're really positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a ride by one of the instructors. Her name's Kendall Tool, and it was a mental health ride. And I, like, because I was going through so much of the time, I remember just crying on my bike, but then getting off and being like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. God, that's great. And to think all of this was happening while COVID was going on. So, like, talk about stress coming from the outside into your home. I mean, we all faced it. So, that's just a crazy time for everyone. Yeah, it, it was. And I had, so on top of everything else, you know, I have a new baby, I'm facing health issues. I went to come off maternity leave and there was, I work in research. So there was no role for me at the company I was at. Um, They had, they were going through furloughs and eliminating people and they were wonderful. Like the way they handled everything But then I was starting a new job in the Mm. midst of all this Mm -hmm. in a slightly different industry. It was still research, but it was like a chemistry heavy area. Um, And so I think then, you know, getting that ride in and getting that biking in really became almost like my stress relief or a way to cope with Mm -hmm. all the craziness that was going on around me. Excellent. I I don't own a Peloton, but I can certainly relate to that feeling of once you actually get on the bike, then it's all, you know, it's all bets off. As soon as you're done, you've had the best ride of your life for that day, you know, whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes or, or two hours. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. So then there was also a point in your life, and I don't know if it's while all of this other, uh, you know, mental health, physical health, new baby, all of this was happening at the same time. But you also decided there was a point in your life that you wanted to become sober. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I had drank socially um, really since college, even before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, my drinking was always a bit problematic. And it's just like I would overdo it or I I thought I was having fun or I like to have fun. And for years, I kind of questioned like, oh, I should cut this back. Oh, I should slow this down, Mm -hmm. but didn't really take any action. So in the midst of having all these health issues, um, I had to go on antidepressants. And that's when my daughter was little. Um, I was really struggling with postpartum. And I just thought to myself, if I have to be on antidepressants, I need to not be drinking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't that easy. I think the pandemic, I was one of those people that that almost kicked up some of my at home drinking and it became like another coping mechanism. And then I, I just had some things happen where I would say it was like a rock bottom for me, and I hate using that term, mm-hmm. but I, I, the, the thing I like about it is I feel like when we hit bottom, we bounce, and those things that happened in this time period with my mental health and some of my friendships and relationships falling apart, um, it really, I think it was like a bounce. It, 
it propelled me up and where I needed to go. But it, it, it certainly wasn't an easy thing for me. It wasn't just, I wasn't just one of those people that like, okay, I quit and I felt great. So <laughs> I needed to build things in for myself and mm-hmm. give myself like new challenges. I actually, when I first quit, I read this book called The Alcohol Experiment and it's 30 days, kind of like a day, each day there's something to read and it walks you through. Um, and that helped me through those first 30 days, but Mm -hmm. then it really was kind of this, um, getting more and more in, you know, I, in those 30 days, my rides were getting stronger. And then it was like, well, I don't want to drink. I want to get up and I want to get on this bike and Mm get a, you know, a good ride in. (laughs) So, so that the cycling really supported me in that way too. Excellent. And I'm sure there's, um, having a hangover as a, you know, adult is one thing, but having it as a new mom is probably a whole different ball game. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you know, just the emotions, like if, if you're struggling with depression and anxiety and then you're drinking, mm-hmm. it may feel good in the evening, but then in the morning, it's like that anxiety is tenfold and I would drop her off at daycare and I'd be hungover and I'd be driving home just, just crying. Mm-hmm. Like I'm never, I'm never going to get control of this. Like this is going to be my life. And finally I just, you know, I was like, I have to try something. Mm-hmm. I have to try something. I had told myself for days and days and months and months, I'll quit tomorrow. I'll quit tomorrow. And finally I just, I set a date and I started telling everyone around me like, Hey, I'm quitting January 1st of 2022. I'm going to stop drinking. And everyone's like, Oh, okay. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, it set me up to be supported in, in that decision. And where are you today with that decision? Um, so I have remained sober since January 1st of 2022. That is awesome. Uh, so I would be, I guess, 15, 16 months yeah. um, sober, but I'm at the point now, at least for myself, um, and everyone recovers differently, but I'm at the point where, you know, I don't think about it. I don't miss it. To me, I see it as like a detriment to Mm -hmm. all the bigger things I want to do, which is, you know, like bike races and uh, triathlons and things like that. So it's, it's more, it's not even like in the back of my mind at this point. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. It's definitely, it's, you know, a tough thing for a lot of people. So I, I really don't want to downplay it and say like, oh, it was easier. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I just did it. I, I know it's a really hard area for a lot of people, but it's, it's so worth it to come through and be on the other side. And will you uh, say the name of that book again, just in case somebody's out there and wants to check it out? Yeah, so it's called The Alcohol Experiment by Annie Grace, and she's written several books in the quit lit space. But that's one, I would say, if you're just starting out and you just want some sort of support, it has really good day-by-day readings. And it it takes you through all the physical issues that alcohol causes, Mm. all the mental health issues it causes. And I, for me, I got to the end of it and I'm like, you always know, right? Like we, I think we all know like alcohol is not this amazing thing for my body, Mm -hmm. but when you read it all for 30 days, you're like, 
why, why would I continue to do this to myself? <laughs> um, so, so it was really beneficial for me. That's awesome. And so, you know, if you fast forward to today, we're in, um, at the time of this recording, at least we're in April of 2023. And I'm hopeful since you're on this podcast that you still find cycling an important part of your life. But um, A, why don't you answer that first? Do you still do cycling? Yeah, I 100%. (laughs) Um, So I got into um, doing like sprint triathlons last year oh, cool! and I have future plans to do an Ironman. Uh, I'm thinking that's more next year. So cycling is a part of my training. Um, I have training plans I follow that involve running and swimming and biking and lifting. Um, and I work out anywhere between two and three hours a day, but cycling oh, wow. is a huge, huge part of it and a huge passion involved in it. Yeah. And so I may be, or you may have already answered this question, but do you think most of your rides are for fitness or for fun or maybe mental health? Do you, can you make a decision when you're on your bike, why you're on your bike, or is it just for all of it? I would say it's like a melting pot of all of it. I mean, there are days I know, like, especially in the winter when it's doomy and gloomy here, I need that for my mental health. And I just know that it's like, we are getting on the bike today to turn this, this around. We're feeling, you know, we're feeling ick, we're feeling gross. Um, But there, there's days it's for that physical development. I mean, when you get into something and see the strength that builds in your body, at least for me, that's such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Like, seeing how, how far, how strong, how fast I can do all of that now, that's awesome. And I want to keep developing that. So it's, it's really a melding of all of it. Sure. And when you talk about triathlon, you have to mentally prepare yourself for, you know, you, you do your first event, you jump out of the water, and then you got to start over and do a second event. And then you get done biking, and then you got to start over and do a completely third event so I can you know I've, I can relate to that I've done quite a few sprint triathlons and they're all like um, I'm gonna call them like type two fun you know where when I'm doing them I'm like why am I doing this this is crazy you know I've trained so hard for it but oh my god this is miserable and then when you're done you're like oh yeah I'm gonna sign up for another one I don't know if you're the same yeah, I, I would compare it to having a child. I mean, I only have one child, but it's like <laughs> you do it and you go through it. And I mean, I don't think there's any woman that's gone through having a child that's like, oh, that was just amazing. Right. I mean, the actual process of having a child is quite tough. But then you get through it and you're like, oh, you know what? That, I don't think that was so bad. And I think triathlons are the same way. You there, And then there's almost like this mental callus you have to build around it right like it'd be so easy to get out of that water and you're exhausted Mm -hmm. you finish swimming and even though you've trained you are exhausted and it'd be so easy to just throw it in and hang it up so throughout your training you have to build that up just like you would you know your feet or anything else you have to callous the mind the Mm -hmm. same way Mm -hmm. and um you know there's also it's like finding joy in it, right? Like, I don't want to say finding joy in suffering, but like the race is almost like there are parts of it that feel like suffering and you have to go, okay, yes, there's these miles to go, but what is, what is the, you know, what's the final result? I'm going to finish this race. And, and, you know, whether it's, whether you're racing them for charity, I don't, I just do them because 
there's there's something in me that has decided that's a super cool way to spend a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's it's an accomplishment. And I think when you accomplish something like that, it just makes you tougher for day-to-day life. And I think we all have to be a little tougher. This world has gotten a little harder through sure. everything. Isn't that the truth? Wow. <laughs> so you look at, you know, I'll take triathlon uh, specifically. This means that you are not only biking, but you're also either running, jogging, walking, whatever you want to call it, and then also swimming. So what do you think motivates you to keep cycling? Um, I just, I think it's honestly the piece I enjoy the most. I was a runner um, all in my youth. I ran track and cross country. Um, and somewhere I had some injuries and somewhere along the way kind of lost the passion for that. And that's been restored, but there's something about cycling for me and I can't put my finger on it. That is just so enjoyable. Mm. I don't know if it's the turnover of it or the, there's almost like a flow involved in it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're going, it's, it's just like this amazing experience, even when it's tough. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, how to explain that, but it's just this, maybe it's an endorphin rush. I don't know. I completely agree with everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, you talked, you talked at the beginning of the podcast about where you live, you know, up in the Minnesota, Minneapolis area. Was it Minneapolis? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You talked about being in the Minneapolis area and what cycling is like there. Do you have any places that you've explored, like while you're on your bike, that maybe you'd want to share with listeners? Yeah. Um, so I don't really have a spot in Minneapolis, but I will tell you about just an incredible spot. And this is sh- shifting a little bit to mountain biking, which I said I don't really do that as much. <laughs> um, but I've done this race the last two years in a town. Um, I think the town is Cuyuna, um, in Northern, a little bit more North in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And it is the old iron range. And what they did, this town was, um, one that like not a lot of people went to, there wasn't a lot of tourism there or anything. And there was this beautiful park and they, they thought, let's put in some mountain biking trails. And if you're a mountain biker, that that's, you have to come ride it. It's red dirt trails, the um, turns and everything. I mean, it, they have from beginner up through like advanced type courses, but you come around these curves and you have these beautiful views of these little lakes and they are clear all the way to the bottom. It is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, So, and that race is super fun because it's a triathlon, but instead of swimming, you're paddling. So you're on a paddleboard in a kayak or in a canoe. And that's in those like clear water spaces. Yeah, yeah, it's in the, one of the larger clear water lakes, and it's I want to say it's a three mile round trip kayak or canoe or paddleboard, and then um, the bike is about eight miles, I believe about eight miles of that mountain biking, and then you finish with a three mile run. But oh. it is beautiful. It is 
fun. The weather, it's always in the summer. I want to say it's like a June race Mm -hmm. and we have loved it every single time. Unfortunately, this year we don't get to do it because we're going on a family trip to Spain. Oh, wow. But (laughs) it's one that we keep on our radar for sure. Yeah. And I will, I'll put in the show notes, I'll look up that actual race and put it in our show notes. And then also I had the opportunity to speak with one of the guys who was on, you know, the board that founded the whole Cayuna Trails um, this yeah. was several years back, and the story is amazing. And you you said it well in that it wasn't really that popular of a community or a town, but they took all this unused land and said, let's do something with it. And they got the funding, and it's definitely on my, uh, let's call it a bike it list. Yeah, absolutely. You should for sure do it. Yeah. So when you go to Spain, will you be able to do any biking, or will you be going with the whole family? So we're going with our whole family and then my sister's family and then my other sister. But what's interesting is my younger sister is also super into biking. She did this whole thing a couple, like, I don't know, 10, not 10, probably five years ago. It's before she had her daughter. They're a one car family and she did a lot of biking to work and she was doing a lot of cycling. So it's, it's kind of interesting how those things build into families. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, besides, you know, heading off to Spain and the Cayuna, are there any other adventures on your horizon, at least at this point? Um, so just that Ironman, which, like I said, it's at least a year. I, I'm just this summer, um, we got a puppy and I just oh. <laughs> don't have the capacity to train for an Ironman yes. right now. I mean, the hours involved in that, you're looking at sometimes six to eight hour training days. Wow. And it's just not something with a toddler and a puppy I can do. But I'm hopeful that if I get another year down the line, I can convince my husband, you know, to give me the time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and have you decided which Ironman you're going to try and shoot for? I think I want to do Panama City Beach. My husband attempted Ooh. it um, last year, so he's super into all of this, too. And um, it was just a beautiful area, and I I love Florida. So I think that'll be the first, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Because I, I don't know. I know you mentioned you've done triathlons, but I feel like as you do certain races and get certain distances under your belt, it almost becomes like just a part of you that you yeah you just you can't shake like everyone says I'll do one and then all of a sudden you hear that people have done like five iron men so (laughs) I wouldn't count myself (laughs) out from joining that club by any means and if you're gonna do your first one you, you have to go somewhere beautiful like you said in Florida Absolutely. And it's, it's like November in, in Florida. So that's when it starts getting cold up here, but we get the whole summer as this beautiful training season to do a lot of that training outside because, um, I just don't find training indoor to be comparable to training outside. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll be at least one person, um, that you don't really know that that'll be cheering you on for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I I appreciate that so much. And I'll stay in touch with you, too, and keep you updated. Yeah. Well, before we end, um, you know, looking back at all that you've been through and where you are today and, you know, how cycling is affecting you now and into your future, any, like, tips about biking and health that you could give the listeners? I always say to people, um, and I hope, like, you have people who are just starting out, I always say, just do what you can. Just start out and do what you can. 
um, and build on it from there. And especially for people who train endurance, you know, you're going to fail. You're going to have rides that you don't make the distance or it gets too hot or you weren't prepared for. And look at that failure as launching you forward. Like mm. my number, I think it's going to be a tattoo I get at some point. I believe like we need to fail forward. I love that. Fail forward. That's a great, a great uh, piece of advice, a great way to end the podcast. And Amy, I am so thankful that you came on to tell your story and uh, hopefully you uh, touch other people that listen to this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I, I really hope the same. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com slash morphology and visit both my Facebook and Instagram pages for daily entertainment. I have more great episodes in the pipeline, so I hope you continue to be a Morphology Podcast listener. Listener.